0: Bus. 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 Welcome into a special at the buzzer edition, your Ralph report podcast. We, we say every single one is special Sam, but this one actually is, uh, for good reason because it's not just you and me talking at each other. Um, we have a, a, a special, special guest and Ben Burroughs coming out of the show. I'm Buffalo himself. How you hey, doing what's ben? Off,
1: fellas uh, really happy to be here and thanks for having me on
0: yeah we figured we wait until the best possible moment this basketball season we're at our highest um, before my called shot of the asu loss so we'd love to have you back
1: uh, uh, yeah i'm sure i'm sure we'll get to uh, predictions for thursday night and as as you've alluded to i'm incredibly nervous about it but um mm. But yeah, for for right now, I think it's good to, to take a step back and and look at where we've been this season, how far we've come, and uh, and and kind of celebrate for a little bit uh, a pretty special team that we've been uh, we've been blessed with in this season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And for those that don't know, uh, somehow it, Ben Burrows is the guy to, to listen to to react with on Twitter if you're thinking about looking at CU basketball games, watching CU basketball games. Um, he was the also. Third-
2: Guaranteed scribe. Go ahead. When Whenever whenever I'm live tweeting and I'm like lost a little bit or I need to like <laughs> think of something, I'll just look at Ben's insights and that I can pretty much do a recap just from that. There so <laughs> everybody should be following you.
0: Yeah. When you stare at dry eyes, eyes for too long and you forget what you were thinking about, Sam.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I fuck around on Twitter for most of the game. <laughs> and I stop watching the basketball game, usually in the second half.
0: Yeah, well, I I don't know what I'm looking at either. And luckily, there are people, there are fans out there that do. Um, and obviously, Rumbling Buffalo is the the main one. So we're, we're I'm so glad to have him on. Um, my only agenda item is to talk about how how great Tray Fletcher was and how much I miss him. But after that, I think it's everything else <laughs> we could talk about.
1: Were, were um, you
0: a big fan of the Toledo years of Trayvon? Trayvon Fletcher. Hey, what was he? Twenty and ten near the end there. Yeah, he was a
1: monster in the in the <laughs> match. Oh
0: man, he, he got himself some money, and I always thought he had it in him. I wish he was a little more aggressive, but it was a it was a crowded CU team, and I'm glad that he found the space to thrive. Absolutely. What a guy! <laughs> um, let's see what's what's top of mind, Sam, the newly ranked Colorado Buffaloes.
2: Well, newly ranked. Finally, 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 we get the nice little meaningless ranking which vindicates everything we've been watching because like this team has been like a top 25 team
1: the entire season i i have interesting argued. Yeah, I think, no, yeah yeah absolutely they, this team has has clearly been an a, a high quality high caliber efficient team and when you're looking at Pac-12, you know, whatever you want to say about the Pac-12, it is still a Power 5 conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and Colorado has clearly been one of the top teams at the conference. You, you, it, it, that it's taken this long to get any sort of national recognition, official national recognition. There's been a number of writers who've been, who have thought of us as a top 25 team all year. Um, you you, you kind of look at, well, well, why is that? Um, and, and obviously this year with COVID and all that has been topsy-turvy, um the uh, the non conference schedule outside of the Tennessee game which was very very hastily organized yeah, uh, was maybe not as good as as previous years and things like that but when you look at game to game performance to performance it, it's very clear they pass the eye test this is this is a good basketball team
2: yeah and every time like they were floating on, like number 32 to 26 they'd always climb their way towards 26 and then they would lose a game right there, and then they fall back down, and then keep winning and keep winning, and then fall back down. And so it's been like a yo-yo of just that's like a program
1: getting in. That's a program cornerstone, though. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's, <laughs> that's a program cornerstone. That's a University of Colorado cornerstone. Whatever the sport is, whatever yeah. two steps forward we take, it's going back for at least one. Um, so <laughs>
0: there's an old Ralphie report article before I think I started writing and went after Spencer Denwood, he's towards ACL that was titled The Sisyphean Fate of Colorado Basketball. <laughs> I think about that a lot <laughs> yeah. where it's just like that's what happened. There's, there's a, yeah, the ceiling was was hard capped. I'm glad we finally broke it this year. Um, I also think t- to Ben's point, there's been a little more, there's been a little more pull inertia than usual. Just I think there's less time at the preseason to shake some of that stuff out. Um, and, you know, Kentucky took, like, what, a month to drop fully, I think, from the polls. And we all knew they, they, they weren't good that whole time. But it's just hard to, to shake preseason from actual uh, when the when you're jumping right into conference season, I think. I mean, I
2: think Duke was, like, ranked in the top 20 with, like, a 500 record at some point
1: this year. Duke, Kentucky, Michigan State, North yeah. Carolina, these are all teams that – Every, I mean, the, these are these are brands that you just slap in the top 25. And if you don't watch the games, you go, oh, yeah, I'm sure they're fine. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, uh, this has been a crazy year for a lot of teams. And and I think part of uh, part of what's been you know very gratifying for me is that Colorado has not only um, lived up to the challenge of, you know, this this topsy turvy year and the last minute reschedulings and, you know, three o'clock mid afternoon on a Wednesday tip off times and all this other stuff. But they've they've kept themselves healthy. They've kept themselves playing. Uh, I remember I I I, I was in a um, a coach talk chat uh, at the start of the year, and and Tad said, you know, first we got to play the games, and then we got to win them. And they, I mean, if you're if you're looking at if you're looking at at big wins this year, they they played all their games. They got all twenty Pac-12 games in, and or will will will, uh, once they play (laughs) Thursday night, uh, hopefully. Um, but um, and I've, I've just been in, impressed at how this team has remained focused and churning throughout the year.
0: You know, I wonder – I don't know if it will show up that fully, but I do think that there is something to – I think they tie tied with Kansas and maybe a few other teams for the most games played so far this year. Uh, Colorado is I, I tied number one of the few others. But I wonder if there's something to that experience – counting later this year in March because that's just more time on the court, um, especially for players like Jabari. I feel like that's just an opportunity that didn't exist other years with like, yeah, this red shirt and making sure he has the maximum time possible to affect the game. I, I don't know. I feel like that's going to pay dividends either next year or at the end of this year more than it would have other years.
1: Well, it's, it's certainly important for Jabari and, uh, and Tristan and sure. – uh, and the younger players on the roster. But you also have to remember this is this is a team with, um, you know, top 30 amount of experience year over year. Uh, and that was one of the things that that I was surprised about in terms of national perception, even Pac-12 perception of where this team would be coming into the season. You've got all this experience returning. You've got McKinley Wright leading the crew. You've got players who have consistently performed at a Pac-12 level. Um, why was there so negative a perception of this team coming in Um, Yeah, I get Tyler Bay's leaving. I I get that aspect of it. But, you know, it's it's not that that big of a hit. You know, Tyler is a unique player, but but that's not a a program defining kind of player in the way McKinley Wright is. And next year will be its own beast. But I think
2: Jack was even surprised when we were doing a season preview when I said, undoubtedly, this is a top like this is an NCAA tournament quality team.
1: I guess yeah, yeah. that's that's what I thought. I, I thought they that you know if it's a bad season we're in the NIT. You know, I, I didn't necessarily think, oh, we could be climbing. You know, in a top fifteen, you know, of kempom kind of team, but I certainly thought this is a tournament team, um, and and they've lived up to that.
2: Yeah, I think like an emergence would be like Jariah Horn has been oh. honestly a much better offensive player than Tyler Bay was. Better
0: than um, almost anyone in the conference, I think, this yeah, year. No,
1: His he's gonna get, numbers are, are insane. And uh, we just got to yeah, find yeah. a way to keep him on the court. And But th- but that's the weirdest thing about Jabari is coming. Oh, the- sorry. I meant Jariah. Did oh, I say Jabari? I was talking about
2: Jariah Horn. You might have. I heard Jabari. <laughs> well, I mean Jabari too, but go, <laughs> go ahead. Because I know you have some thoughts on Jabari.
1: Yeah, I absolutely do. Jabari's been, you know, a breath of fresh air off the bench when you're looking to replace a Tyler Bay. Maybe that's why I had it in the back of my mind. I was, you know, because in my mind, there's a linear path between uh, Ty and and Jabari. Um, and not because they're the same kind of player, but they provide that same level of athleticism on both ends of, of the court. Um, but, you know, him being able to come in and contribute offensively because at the start of the season – we're looking at holes and where are you going to fill them and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, not a lot was expected of the freshmen offensively. Uh, there was some hope that Jabari could contribute uh, defensively. And, you know, you know, where's Luke O'Brien been? You know, there's been, there have been some hope that that Luke could contribute offensively and, and all that, but, but Jabari being in, in his per 40, uh, per 40 numbers, you know, an outstanding conference level player. Um, it's been a breath of fresh air. Uh, and in something in terms of uh, a freshman and looking forward that you're like, oh, I can't wait to see him as a sophomore if we can keep him on the court and keep the foul numbers down. uh, That's going to be fantastic.
2: What's his uh, fouls per
1: per 40 minutes? It's uh, six, I think. Hold on. I got the sheet. (laughs) Uh, Oh, God. That
0: USC game was so brutal. I was so excited to (laughs) see him. Seven now. (laughs) And then the USC game, he had like, what was it? It was Evan Mobley just got through 2,000, like two minutes. And I thought, okay. yeah,
2: he had <laughs> yeah, Jabari right. had 4,007 minutes. Yeah. Oh God. But he, yeah. he, he's getting adjusted again. It's been three weeks since he played.
1: Yeah. And he was out and, and I certainly wouldn't hold that kind of thing against him. And, you know, part of his game is aggressiveness and, in, in trying to create plays um, and trying to, you know, be aggressive on help and aggressive on the boards. You're going to pick up fouls like that, I think can't be the, reaching over though. Yeah, reaching and all that stuff, and part of the maturation. And Evan had his own struggles in previous years. Part of the maturation is you can't pick up cheap fouls; you got to be smart. Um, and uh, and and hopefully, sometime the program will teach him that because if he clears that up, oh man, this guy's going to be
2: special. Um, did you have any preseason expectations for Tristan Da Silva?
1: None. None whatsoever. Uh, and that's and that's not a uh, knock against the kid. And, you know, every, every count of urgency is a really good kid and has a good family and good background. And he's a talented player. Obviously, he's playing in, a, in the Pac-12. Um, but in terms of, you know, late class kind of signing, came out of nowhere, nowhere near as heralded or as considered a retreat as his brother is or was. Um, you know, it, I had absolutely no expectation for him. And, you know, the first couple of weeks, I, I think that was bearing out. And, and you know, there, there's always the thoughts of this this program's recent track history with European recruits and things like that. But I think <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thomas is do you want to guess where he's playing?
0: Still a Nikolich Nikolic <laughs> fanboy right here.
2: Nikolic is playing in Italy. I just looked up
1: and Akiazili is balling out in Turkey. Oh, hey, have fun, guys. Um <laughs> Uh, but but uh, Tristan has figured out a role. I think he's got a really high basketball IQ. Um, he's figured out his role. He knows how to contribute. And his minutes are valuable. And, you know, between Jabari and between Tristan, to have found those kind of caliber minutes up front where we didn't project to have a lot of front court depth coming into the season has been massive. Absolutely massive.
0: Yeah, I – um I don't know. I guess I, the biggest thing that I've been surprised by overall in the roster is I, I, I think everyone's hitting the role that I was expecting to. I think some people have exceeded my expectations. And really, I, I'm just I knew it in the back of my mind, I was just hoping that Nick Clifford would be the first Colorado recruit to make the jump from 3A to, to college ball, like in one year. And that just didn't happen. Um, I, I don't uh. know. Every. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I, when you see him out there, I just he just looks like he's still catching up speed wise.
1: That's think- a common theme. That's a common theme with Colorado recruits, and, and Tad, God bless him, is, is routine and going into Colorado and getting the best players from the state, which hadn't happened pre, you know, prior to his arrival, really, um, you know, at least in recent decades. Um, so kudos to Tad for that. But uh, there's always something in the back of my mind when we get a high-caliber Colorado recruit. That even includes Josh Scott, um, you know, where I know that there is going to be a ramp-up between – 4A, 3A, even 5A Colorado basketball and Pac-12, uh, right. even even when we're in non-conference. And, you know, it's not as steep of a curve maybe for a kid from Texas, a kid from California, um, you know, kid from other states that have deeper uh, high school ranks. And it's, it's not a knock on the kids. It's not even really a knock on Colorado. It just is what it is. Yep. Collier,
0: Schwartz, Clifford, all took – yeah, I don't know. Those are all top 100 Colorado recruits and – they still. I mean, I at the end of the day, I still like what Collier and Schwartz did for the program, but then um, they did not come in, I guess, as, as complete packages right away like other top 100 crews might have. So that's the only that's the only guy I can point to where I was really like, I think they're playing less minutes than I expected. Everyone else, I, I would, I'm still so shocked by just, you you yeah.
2: argued that Keyshawn Bartholomew should be in the starting lineup. At so. the beginning
0: of the year, yes, yes, was, but at the beginning, but. Of the year. And it quickly played himself out of
1: sight.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Steep learning curve again. Remember, he's he's a young he's a young redshirt mm. freshman. He he you know he came in a, a yeah. year early. Um, he's he's a guy who you know similar to what you just alluded to. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed with how uh, Keyshawn has has performed this year, but um, I still see the the promise. I still see the hope, and and there's gonna be a lot relying on him uh, when we transition to to years years ahead without Ken. Uh, I don't even want to think about that. Well, uh, yeah. so
0: let's let's think about happier things, which games with Ken. Um, I think we saw two of the biggest in his career this past week, um, which we we talked we touched briefly on, but um so you just finished a homestand against the two LA schools, USC and then UCLA. Uh and and against my prognostication at least, they swept both. So um finally got the UCLA monkey off their backs. And now um, they're looking at a, a last game against Arizona State. But really, to me, that was the two games that McKinley Wright just decided not to lose for both of them. And I was, it was just amazing to watch it.
1: Well, it was, it was interesting uh, in the game against USC because uh, Dryo was going off and a lot of the press was going to him. But it, it was really hard for me to overlook what Kim was doing from facilitating. And you know, as Ted noted after the game, someone's got to hit the shot. You know, just because you give him the ball in a good spot doesn't mean you didn't get an assist. Um, but, but McKinley showed in those two games, first against USC with the, with the more hybrid, you know, assists and, and, uh, and points. And then uh, against UCLA where it was much more the scoring uh, effort from him um, that, you know, he is just a complete, you know, destructive force at the college level. And, and, and in a way that, you know, even Spencer, Dinwey I don't know, was this kind of all-encompassing player? But Spencer was a unique uh, fit, both for roster and time. Um, but in terms of a guy who can literally drag a team kicking and screaming across the finish line of a game, Kin Kin's up there. Uh, you know, he he is he is certainly up there. And um, you know, looking back at, it, at his career, uh, those two games, it's a it's a sweet it's a sweet taste on the mouth that he's going out on um, and, and in the same way. And, and I compared it the night of, of the UCLA game to um, the uh, Josh Scott's two final games. He had two monsters against ASU and Arizona. <laughs> um, you know, y- it helps you remember, All the little, you know, from hitting the game winner in that non-conference tournament as a freshman, um, all through, you know, every single uh, game along the way where you're just like stunned at how good and impactful he can be. Um, Those two games are just perfect encapsulments of of who McKinley Wright is, uh, what kind of basketball player he is, um, and what he meant to the program.
2: How how dangerous do you think the buffs are if this version of McKinley Wright is going to be like he's just going to be this aggressive the rest of the year because yeah, it's going to be do or die. Yeah, not losing version.
1: Uh, I was I was talking to uh, I was talking to a friend the other night, and um, you know, would you and his uh, essentially came down to you know what, what do you th- you know what do you think about any potential matchup in in March? And I caught laughs, and I, and I was like, as long as we're not playing Baylor or Gonzaga <laughs> or Illinois or maybe even Michigan, we could beat or lose to any team in the country. <laughs> yeah. which is kind of an interesting aspect. If McKinley's on, I think that more leans to the beat side uh, that we can beat Um, But, uh, you know, there's there's such an interesting dynamic with this team. Um, if, if those shots are falling, you know, if if Dariah and Maddox and Deshaun are all hitting shots and the spacing on the floor opens up and Kin's able to get to the lane and he's getting calls from officials who aren't for whatever reason you know, disregarding his ability to get to the rim, uh, and and Evans not in foul trouble. I, this is a damn good basketball team, you know. But you know, it's like anything—if those shots aren't falling, and if Evans in foul trouble, and Ken's not getting calls, I uh, and you know, it be, it becomes a lot of difficult. But that's that's the same way for everything. If you look across the country, you know, Baylor lost the game the other night as because their three point shooting didn't emerge like it has all season long. Um, so there's there's really no difference between colorado and a lot of other teams across the country in that regard
2: i mean this particular this is going to be a very chaotic ncaa tournament with only a handful of truly good teams and the rest being erratic at best
1: well and also we we talked about kind of the seating difficulty that that arises from a from a year where non-conference schedules were coin flips of are the games going to happen and mm-hmm. uh, you know schedules get moved around how do you evaluate a team like colorado state who didn't play for essentially a month um it becomes it becomes difficult to see, and if it becomes difficult to see, then it becomes you know, all right, are these two teams really belonging in the same game together in the first and second rounds? Um, so we, I, I'm expecting a lot of upsets. I could be wrong, but I am expecting a lot of upsets for uh, first couple days of the tournament.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I also think it's it's also crazy how stable the favorite's going to be. It's weird because it's like there's going to be so many upsets, but really. Who's not picking Gonzaga at this point? Mm-hmm. Like Michigan was the a, a, a pick, and then they literally just imploded as a, into a black hole against Illinois without I O uh, yeah. Donsumu. So like, there's no one I would say other than Gonzaga that I would pick to win. But everyone else, it's like, yeah, I I don't know, I have no clue who's gonna win any other game. <laughs> but I know they're gonna win every single one.
2: On a related um, note, this is the best college basketball team I've seen since the Carl Anthony Towns Kentucky team. Gonzaga? Even better, maybe, yeah.
1: Gonzaga, yeah, Gonzaga's a special team. Like, it, and and it's a shame that I guess it's not really a shame, but it, it, it's kind of weird that they play in the conference they do because WCC is a good conference. But I kind of wish they got to test themselves more in January, and February. They had they played a great non-conference schedule. Gonzaga, did. Mm-hmm. best um, in the country. So yeah, best close in the to that country.
0: That Baylor game, God, we were so close. To that Baylor
1: game. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, just an insane, insane non-conference schedule. But they haven't played a team of national caliber in two months and and that's that's a little awkward for me but i have no doubt that they're going to flip a switch once they get uh once they get to the first couple days of the tournament no no doubt at all in my mind
2: yeah uh do you have any thoughts heading into arizona state because i know i don't want to hear what jack has to say but
1: I'm, I'm scared. It's the ultimate track game, isn't it? Yep. Um, uh, Nothing's no a game, really. To play it. <laughs> uh, I, I'm surprised Tad didn't find a way to duck that one. Um, I'm, right. You know, for for his, uh, you know, I, I'm surprised Bobby didn't find a way to duck that one either. I don't, you hmm. know, there's there's nothing for them to play for. Uh, there's nothing for Colorado to play for. Let's just move on to Vegas, but we got to play it. So here it is. Um, the thing that I, I couldn't really get over is we could end up playing... Arizona state in the four or five game. Um, you know, if we lose to them and a couple other games go, you Wait, know, how would they get up to the five? They would get up to the six because, but because Arizona,
2: well, yeah, yeah. yeah. But still like, I feel like last I checked, they were really far behind,
1: but I guess the pack 12 kind of no, no, sucks.
0: No, no, no. That's crazy. Oh my God. They got up oh, to no. eight, I think.
1: Eight, yeah, no, and seven, and yeah. with and with two wins this weekend and a couple other weirdness elsewhere, all of a sudden they're the they're the quote unquote five seed, and we're playing them uh, on Thursday next week, and <laughs> it's like, okay, I definitely don't want to <laughs> play this game, um, uh, but uh, but yeah, obviously, you know the Remy Kin thing. Um, that rivalry that has stretched for four years, um, you know, Remy getting all the preseason Pac-12 player of the year hype, Ken answering it <laughs> with his play throughout the year, the fact that Ken has beaten him so many times throughout his career, yet doesn't have the, uh, the national or even regional recognition that Remy Martin does. Um, you know, it, it, it's good to see that rivalry again. Uh, we almost didn't have it this year. So, OK, from that standpoint, yeah, I want to see those two go head to toe. Uh, it's always good to see Bobby Hurley cry. Uh, it's it's always it's always good to engage in some uh from time to time. So uh, assuming we're able to win on Thursday night, that would be that would be a great exercise in that. Um, you know, big things to key on is are we getting to the line? Uh, we usually don't, but against a team like Arizona State. Everyone else does, so why can't we? Um, we got to get to the free throw line where we can take advantage of being the best free throw shooting team in the country. Um, Yeah, this is a small team, too. Yeah, they're a very small team. That's the next point, rebounding. They're one of the worst rebounding teams in the country. And if we can't rebound against them, what the hell is going Mm -hmm. on? Um, I've complained a couple times this year about Tadball being – Something this this team doesn't necessarily engage in that has not been the case the last couple of weeks, particularly against UCLA. That was a very tad ball finish to the to that game. Uh, but rebounding, we got to rebound the ball against Arizona State. We can't be giving them multiple looks at the basket. Um, and and I'm honestly I'm more worried about Jalen House than I am Remy Martin. That's fair. And 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 that's kind of the final point is you can't let other guys go off. Mm-hmm. Okay, Remy's going to start the show. He's going to drive. He's going to stir the drink. All that sh- all that shit.
2: He went seven of twenty-three against right. Washington State for the most, the emptiest twenty-three points I've ever seen.
1: And I'm more than, I'm more than happy to see that happen. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you can't let other guys go off. Um, but, uh, but yeah, ultimately, uh, it's a trap game. Is, are the bus going to be switched on? Um, is all the emotion from Senior Night, which didn't end up being our final home game, uh, going to uh, going to cause a fall off into this week? Uh, will the team be looking ahead to? The Pac-12 and the NCAA tournaments, um, we've seen what happens when that when when that mindset goes uh, against against lesser opponents. And Arizona State is certainly a lesser opponent. They haven't beaten a top one hundred ten pound team this year, um, and uh, I'm I'm hoping that continues. Uh, but we've seen uh, we've seen how that goes. You I think, think they have two they have double have
2: digit. They have Stanford.
0: What? Yeah, they beat Stanford.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they have think... two double digit wins all year too. So they're not beating people by much when they do win.
0: Cool. Is uh is Parquet gonna be on Martin for this game? Is are we or is King gonna want that matchup?
1: I, I bet Tim will want that matchup, wouldn't he? I, I, I would I'm think so, gonna...
0: but generally we've seen Parquet at least in the first 30 minutes of games take take the biggest threat. And
1: that's um, kind of who uh, and that's kind of who Eli is. Eli's yeah. Eli's a Game Stopper, right? Um, and, and Tad loves a guy like that. who will walk into the huddle and say, I want their best shooter. I want their best player. Uh, and, and, uh, and Eli is definitely that guy, but I gotta think Ken's going to say, Nope, this is me tonight. Yeah. Oh, another
2: note. Another note is that, uh, Marcus Bagley, Josh Christopher and Jalen house are all dealing with injuries. And It looks like Josh Christopher is not going to play. Bagley hasn't played the last 10 games. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah, it's certainly it's certainly good to see him uh, underhanded and, and all that, but um, again, it's a trap game regardless of circumstance. It's a trap game.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I'm I'm worried. I don't want to be. <laughs> I'm glad that Romello White is elsewhere. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's a load, man.
0: <laughs> he was just he was the only guy I've seen whiter than Evan Batty. <laughs> um,
2: Besides Andre Kelly, cow that could, dudes. Yeah, that gives him fits. Good.
0: I don't know. I I think that Verge is another guy I'm just I'm terrified of in this game. If he gets hot, um, I'm I guess if Parquet is taking Verge, it makes me a little eat at ease. Um, and I don't think we're gonna see a lot of Dallas Wall in this game. I just I don't know where he fits exactly with with like playing there. You know, who's guarding? Because uh, they don't have anyone that's too tall or or wide. So. I think we're going to see more Horn than 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 Walton this game for sure.
2: Yeah, but that also might mean more Maddox Daniels than Walton.
1: Try to spread it out a little oh, bit more. Yeah. Da- Dallas is certainly nice. a matchup guy, and yeah, you know, this is not his kind of matchup. He's he's gotta he he's not a guy who can go out and guard a, a stretch four and things like that. He really just can't because um, he gets he gets lost in the in the mix. So yeah, this is not a this is not a Dallas game, uh, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, well, um, I don't know. I I still think I have to stick to my guns. I just can't. They're not going to be focused, and this team has decided, I think, or not decided, but shown that sometimes when they're not focused, they just drop games they shouldn't have. Um, and I think going two and one of these games is what I thought, and I'm, I, I don't know. I really don't want that to happen. And I don't necessarily think that will happen, but um, my paranoid brain says I have to stick to my guns and say that. I, I had, I'm expecting a loss, hoping for a win at this point. <laughs> Which makes no sense, and it shouldn't happen, but I feel like I have to uh, – I don't know. It just terrifies me. It's so weird. That I'm more scared of Arizona State than USC. It's just so strange.
2: I, I called a 3-0 sweep, so I'll stick to that too, but I don't think that they're going to lack focus um, on their final home game. I think that they're going to take it seriously uh, because, like again, like we, we did see senior night, but this will be McKinley Wright's last game. At, at CU event center. He's not going to let them lose. That's
1: fair. Um, you know, I'm, I'm expecting it to be ugly. I'm expecting it to be real ugly, to be honest. Um, you know, Colorado hasn't, hasn't let a team score more than 62 points in about two weeks at this point. Um, I'm expecting it to be a low scoring slug it out affair, which is not a game. Arizona stays necessarily comfortable in, but nonetheless, it's going to be the game kind of game. They're going to find themselves in, um, uh, I think it's going to be a struggle, but I will still believe the Buffs find a way to win at the end. Something in the low, like, 65-60 range. Um, but it'll be it'll be a game that is not comfortable.
2: <laughs> and it will
1: kill us all. It, yeah, it, well, a part of your soul will die watching it.
0: <laughs> it I think they try to speed us up. I feel like they have to.
1: Yeah, they, they, well, that's mm-hmm. that's that's tempo is a big dynamic change between here. Colorado loves, uh, you know, they're they're one of the best in the country at, at forcing opponents to draw possessions. Um, 343rd in opponent, uh, opponent possession length, whereas uh, Arizona State is very up tempo, they want to get up and down. Um, but we've seen what happens to teams who try to run in Boulder in the past. That's why uh, Dana hasn't, that's why Dana at Oregon has never won up here. They keep trying to press, they keep trying to run. You can't do that in Boulder against us. Um, you know, that that is often a double-edged sword. And from that standpoint, if they do try to speed it up too much, they could find themselves in a world of hurt. Mm. I'm excited. Not really, but it'll be fun.
0: Yeah, I, excited. I just want to get it over with. I like, I like Ben said, I don't know if Tad tried to get out of this game and the Pac-12 forced him or if Bobby Hurley was... To, I don't know. I don't... I can't imagine either team wanting to play this. I certainly don't want to watch this, so... Just get it, get it over with and move on. That's that. please don't make me regret watching this game. Oh, god, I'm yeah, I'm just so scared. <laughs> state. What are we doing? Dan? I know, but it's like, <laughs> I, don't I don't know. CU's lost to Cal, and CU's lost to Utah at home, CU's lost to Washington, and then everywhere else they're fine. And it's like, I, I'm just so nervous about that version where they just had a great game. Great set of games, just like they had against Stanford, and they just said, "Ah, it's just Arizona State." And I'm just worried. I guess it's at home, and I don't know if they're going to let that happen.
1: And they hate they hate Arizona State too much. That's a good point. That yeah, point. they're going to see yeah. that they're going to see that logo on the schedule, and they're going to care about it because those games are always worse.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess Tad probably has some more animosity for Bobby than he does for Mark Fox or uh, Mike Hopkins. That
2: ben, do awesome. you have any do you have any final thoughts? Anything you want to promote before the Zoom kicks us out?
1: Uh, well, nothing, nothing really to promote. You can always find me on Twitter uh, at Rumbling Buffalo. Um, always happy to engage with anyone who wants to uh, wants to shout at me on there. Um, uh, yeah, just looking, looking forward to uh, to watching the guys in the postseason. Um, looking forward to next year when I actually get get back in the gym. Um, you know, looking, looking forward to uh, to getting to moving on and. Um, and and getting back to uh, to sports as normal, but for now I'm I'm excited to see him in, in March. I'm excited to see him in the tournament, and I'm excited to see how far they can go.
0: All right, nothing right. done. Add that's yeah. That's a I'm, great I'm done. Add.
1: Yeah, well, thanks, I'm dad. Done. Cool. Thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. Yep. Yeah. Take care. Yep. Take
0: care. Buzz. 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 BOOS!